you know? And so there were a lot of late nights, a lot of weekends, and it was just me, you know, you know, my wife, you know, because it was a family business. But I think for the largest time, it was hard for me to get back into the mindset. And it started to kind of erode maybe even some of my belief. Honestly, if I could be honest with you, a little belief, hey, can I do this? Yeah. Because I had to get back into kind of that, that um, producer mode, that grinder mode, um, you know, to, to make things happen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck? Like you're doing all the work, but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. This week on The Success Shift, I talked to family man Tyler Moore as we discuss his decision to leave his fairly successful corporate life to start an at-home business. It takes a lot to give up something you've worked years to create, but at the end of the day, I guess it all depends on where your passions and priorities lie. Do you want the money or the time with the family? Well, why can't you have both? This is the path Tyler and myself have aimed for, but it doesn't come without some tough times, sacrifice, and definitely some challenging moments. So join me as Tyler shares with us some of the lessons he's learned, challenges he's had to face, and the success that he's been able to create for him and his family. Again, this week, what you're about to hear is the raw and unedited interview, so if you'd like to skip straight to the interview, Please feel free. It's at the four and a half minute mark. All right, all right, all right. How are we all doing today? I hope you're having an absolutely amazing day. We are back for episode eight of the Success Shift. Sorry about that. My computer was playing up, so you might have seen it uh, start streaming and stop. I'll fix that up after after the show. All right, welcome everybody to the Success Shift. We're live for episode eight here. I hope you are catching this live either on my Facebook or on my YouTube channel. If you are not, the replays will be available. Um, And I will be hoping to get this up onto Spotify soon. Um, I am just figuring out all the technicalities behind it on where I can get a podcast, how I can get it streaming. onto some of our uh, more popular platforms like Spotify, 
Um, we've had I've been having a lot of back end progress, like I said at the very start of this um, podcast. The whole idea here is to um, just start, start, take action, and this is my sort of um, how do I say my message to most people who want to actually achieve their goals is to just start. And I'm using this as a proofing of that, hopefully starting off not as good as it will finish off, whenever that may be, but um, working, on it, working on it day by day, week by week, and building it into something where hopefully people will be getting a lot of value. Um, so with that said, this is The Success Shift, a show where I like to get into the mindset of people who are successful or believe they are successful. Um, my hypothesis is that the belief that you are successful will act as a catalyst to becoming successful. So I believe that if you have doing something, you're working on it, and you actually show gratitude for the small things and the small successes and the small wins that you've had, then this is going to help you to achieve the, the bigger goals that you want in the, uh, in the longer run. Now, Tyler, would you be with us in just a minute? But for now, oh, there we go. Just as I was saying his name. Hey, I'm doing good. Perfect. You can hear me. That's awesome. Yep. Just going to uh, get your sound going here. Um, all righty. You can hear me all good? Yep. You're coming in good. Perfect. Sorry about that today. My computer was lagging and slowing up, so I was a bit late to get into contact with you. My apologies on that. No, you're all good. Good. Like I, I don't know. I had a mental delay too. I thought it was going to be 1130 for whatever reason. I look and it wasn't, that was on my bad. So when you were like, Hey, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're available. I'm glad it worked out. Cause I think on our other chat, we did say 1130, but it must've, I must've got the time differences wrong. That's the joys of being on other sides of the world. Nope. No, you're all good. It actually works out. It works out great. So oh, perfect. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the success shift. We are here with episode eight with Tyler Moore. Is that how you say your last name? Did I say that correct? Yep. That's perfect. right. A amazing digital entrepreneur, new friend of mine and family man, I believe. He's um, <laughs> worked his way to a life of, let's just say a position which most people sort of dream of these days, you know, working from home, being able to spend their time with their family, not having to commute to a boring nine to five job. Um, the more we go through what the world has given us these last couple of years, the more people are starting to turn to that sort of way of life. Um, the ability to work from home, the ability to have your own hours, be your own boss, all that sort of stuff. It's um, becoming more and more. And I suppose a lot of people would be envious of yourself, um, but that's a good thing. But it's not always as easy as it seems. It's not always um, easy to no. get yourself into that position. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. So anyone who wants to become a digital entrepreneur or is trying to make their way into the online space, go for it. I think it's an absolutely amazing thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's a different different lifestyle. It's a different lifestyle. Absolutely. So for yeah. people, people listening, let's just go from where you started. What were you doing before you sort of became a digital entrepreneur, if you don't mind sharing that? Yeah, no, absolutely happy to share. I think, and a lot of things people can relate to both of our backgrounds, actually, right? So you know, we, we kind of grew up, I think, in humble beginnings with parents that worked hard and they told us, you know, we want what's better for you. So what that meant was, Seven. hey, go try to get a great education, right? Get into a university or college, yep. get, a, get a great job, right? You know, do well, work hard. And, and I did all of those things. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to do that. I think we were talking the other day and looking back on it, just to let you know, though, you know, my family, I was the first one on my dad's side to go to a college or university. So it's not like we came from, you know, a lot of highly educated or highly affluent family. That wasn't my story. Um, even though I thought I never really wanted for much and I didn't ever think that I wasn't going to go to school. It didn't dawn on me till my parents told me like, actually, Tyler, you're, you're the first one on dad's side to, to go to college or university, right? So you can kind of see where my family's story, where we came from. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, I think you could probably relate to that. You know, I, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do my professional career, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of figured it out along the way. Um, and I was fortunate enough to actually join 
a company that was founded in kind of the metro area that I went to college. I joined it with 30 people. Um, and then I used my background in math and computer science to, into business operations, corporate IT, information systems. And then we grew that company significantly, right? From 30 people to, to 600 people. Wow. And, and so the reason that I mentioned that is because two things really happened for me there. Number one, I got exposed to the entrepreneurial journey for the first time. That was a high growth company. It was exciting. You know, we were, we were growing really quickly. It kind of felt like your own company because you got a lot of autonomy to work on stuff that nobody knew the answer to, right? Yes. It was just a couple, it was a couple of us sitting around and they'd ask us, well, how are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> don't know. Let's try. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And so I love that. And then the second reason I, I talk about that is because through that journey, as the company started to mature and the promotions came and we were doing well, what I realized is that in order for me to really get to uh, a, either a position or status or lifestyle, people think about that differently. And I was like, that's different for everybody. But so whatever that is for you, what that was for me was I realized the only way for me to do that was actually to continue to sacrifice more and more of my time. That's, yeah. That was the only way they were going to ask me for more. And I think in somewhat justifiably so, because they were going to pay me more, they were going to give me more status and more perks, but the demands of that were going to be on me as well. That right. And sort of relationship, isn't it? You get more, work, yeah. you have to put in more time. It's just, there's no yeah. other way about it. There's no other way about it. And, and from me, I saw that firsthand. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like, because I didn't come from a very business professional family before kind of had about that. I kind of admittedly had this perception of people that made good money, like let's call it six figures plus that, that they just kind of got it. Like, you know, they didn't really do anything for it. They just, for some reason, the heavens open light shine upon them and they were better than us. Right. Like I kind <laughs> of had a little bit of money. Like they had a little bit of like, they had a little bit, I had a little bit of that in me. And when I come to find out as though as I started to work through that myself and see the professionals, see what they do is to realize that that couldn't be further from the truth. Actually, most of the time, people are sacrificing pretty greatly from their time or their family to achieve those things. And it's totally possible. But like you said, there are sacrifices in order to do it. Yeah. Did you have, did you have that old adage of, you know, you need to have money to make money. And so you kind of put that, I heard that quite a lot from people when I was trying to figure out, you know, how these people got this money and you'd hear, oh, well, you need money to make money. And although that's yep. true to a small extent, that's such a limiting belief we put in ourselves because if we don't believe that what we've got is a decent amount of money to make money, then we're going to be like, oh, I can never make money. And yeah. it's an interesting concept because as you, as you said, you know, how do these people have it? They just sort of got there. But, you know, when, when we're gr brought up with that sort of uh, lesson of you know you need to have money to make money so therefore kind of like don't even bother it kind of puts us in it in, in backs like a, a few steps back already but as you sort of go into the world and you sort of realize that yeah okay you maybe you do need money to make money but you might need a hundred dollars to make a thousand then you've got a thousand dollars to make ten thousand you know and it grows yeah. and the people who have actually learned that and figured that out or been taught it they do make the sacrifices as well they make huge sacrifices and I mean, I don't want to go too far into this topic, but there's always like we hate billionaires because of blah, blah, blah and what they do and the way they work ethic. But if you look into the backstories of them, some of them have worked tirelessly for hours and sacrificed a lot and they do give a lot as well. But it's obviously we see what we want to see because it's just a new level of mind-blowing understanding of money. So it's it's an interesting concept. I, I agree. And that's and that was my mindset shift. You know, we talk about, you know, your podcast, the, I love the name of it, right. The, the success shift. And that that's exactly what you said happened in my, in my mind. Now, you know, looking back on it, you kind of feel like it happened in an instant and maybe some of it did, but actually there were components of it that took many years to actually kind of happen. Because like you said, I think my first I started to, to feel like I can't, I don't want to do this forever. Right? I can't continue to change or exchange all my efforts because sooner or later, I think either in age or just in the amount of time or what we're capable to do, we start to really look at that and uh, the amount of time we're demanded on from our employer, especially for the hard chargers, especially for the high achievers. And they start to say, I, I can't do that or I don't want to do that. You know, they, they reach a level and only the select few right, can really just say, you know, 
forsaking all else, right? Will I climb and ascend this mountain? And they can do it. But for the far majority of people, they either hit burnout or frustration or, you know, they sacrifice relationships. And, and that's where I kind of at a crossroads. And I was like, you know what? That's not me. I can't do it. And for me, it was family. For me, I had three young kids, like you said, now they're 10, eight and six. And I was flying all over the country. I was flying all over the world. And it just wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy, right? Moving forward. That's not what I wanted. Like I, I did want, but I wanted options. I think you and I talked about this. I wanted the and. I yeah. wanted to have my time with my family and I wanted to give them options because I was still really driven, right? Yeah. And but I, and I and I saw that the path forward that I was on was really an or equation. They were going to demand one or the other for me, and that wasn't good enough. So, like you said. My first thing was just like, okay, I have some money because I was successful corporate. I was making good money. So maybe I just need to find vehicles that I can just invest in, right? I can just put yeah. money into, right? And and I think those are those are those can be good strategies, right? There's the 10, 20, 30, 40 year plan, depending on how much you know money you have and you can yeah. save away. But again, my story, and I think like others, was that there wasn't going to be enough income there to really just do that. Right. When now, nowadays, my mindset has changed kind of like yours, I think, too, which is that's not investing. That's really saving for the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is an investment component of that, but it's really not true investing, right? Where you can get all of your income needs from your investments, right? It was going to take a long time for that to happen. They're good strategies. I was just like, but again, that's like the 20, 30 year plan. I I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, that's like the safety net for when you're doing the other thing as well. It's not, it's not enough to transition, you know, as, as you're saying, it, it works and it's good for like the future, the 20, 30 year plan. But if you want an actual shift and an actual change, then you're going to have to find something else. I mean, for me, the investing world was always the higher ups in my engineering because I did an engineering company with the stocks and the blue chips and talking about how their money is doing in the stock market. And that to me was a foreign world of like, that's scary. I don't want to even touch that. But then as you go into it and as you sort of delve in, you realize it's it's a whole different world. And I think that's sort of where, where you're going towards is the fact that, you know, there is that side of, yes, 20 years, 30. And I think that's always good to have in a backup option, put it away somewhere, wait for that 20, 30 years and take it out later. But it's definitely not a solution for the now, for the for the change, which I think is what you're getting at. Exactly. And I, and I would encourage people to do it. Like you and I are, I think, of similar mind there. Like you have to do those things. That's smart. That's finance. That's good financial literacy for sure. Yeah. But then it came to the point where like, no, we need to do something else. And I made the decision. So, okay, it's not going to be another job, right? If I just go somewhere else, I'm going to have the same problem. That was probably the, the smartest thing I ever did. And I don't know why I tell people like, I don't know why I didn't <laughs> decide to just go jump to another job. Um, I, I didn't. And I said, okay, so I can't be investing in enough money. So what's the only other option? And that's when I started to really um, read and get into, well, it's got to be a business then, right? It, it And what I referred back to is that something that generates cash flow yeah, totally. to the point where it can, like you said, it can impact your here and now, right? And for me, the, the only thing that we could really do then was, was some sort of a small enterprise that we could get started, like you say, but then would start to take on um, an, uh, a growth factor, right? That we could actually start to grow and see those cash flows return to us so that then we could now have the choices and options that that income would provide, but we're not just working as much as we were, right? And the only thing that I could come to do that for me was some type of business or small enterprise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's interesting because um, just on that, I, I see people sort of go, oh, I, I can't get a like, from what I've spoken to people about back before I sort of got into all, all my investing learning, you speak to people who are like business. I, I don't have the time to start a huge business corporation to be bringing in all this money. But at the end of the day, the real key to wealth from, from my opinion, I don't know if you've got anything to say on this, but as long as your income is more than your outgoing, you're going to be wealthy. And so you don't have to start off with this, you know, 500 person, huge corporation idea. But having something that gets a passive flow into your inbox, into your income, sorry, that is chipping away at what you've got outgoing, and then even having two or something small that can add up, eventually you're going to have this passive income that's that's you know more than what you're actually spending, and you're going to get ahead super quickly. And whether that's having something on the side or a small investment that pays out, and then starting a small business, and then you know if you can having it grow and leverage, then fine. But for me, this the idea of business 
from way back when was I have to have this huge company with all these CEOs and have 500 people. And that's the only way that I'm going to have a successful business. But in reality, it's not. It's about the income and outgoing sort of transfer of money. I think if yeah. you can get that into your mindset to start, it's going to be a lot easier to sort of get your foot in the door. Well, it did for me anyway. Yeah, I completely agree. Right. And I think, you know, and I think that's a good, it's good. It's a good mental guide to say like, you know, when we talk about business enterprise, we're not talking about billions, hundreds of millions, millions of dollars, right. To start with, I think people can be intimidated about that. Um, if not even romanticized really yeah. like the, the, yeah. the, just the romanticism around having it. And like, it doesn't start like that. It really starts, I think for everybody, it starts small, right. It starts with one or two steps, and like, and I agree with you, like you said, I think our goal, at least my personal goal has always been to just, it was never to make millions of dollars at first. It was just say, okay, I know how much money I make in my active nine to five W2 world. Could I get, could I then use another model like a business and then get that to be roughly the same? Cause like you said, is once that business system is running and that's the whole key, right? Is it's not just, you know, there are a lot of businesses that they get started who are sole, um, you know, um, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, you know, self-employed, and they're still really trading their time for dollars, right? And and those are businesses, don't get me wrong. I'm not just taking anything away from those. They, they, work, they work really hard, maybe even too hard, they would say. What we're talking about is trying to get to a place where you can identify something that can start to just uh, operate without you, or at least operates, you know, passive income is a buzzword, yeah, I would yeah. say leveraged income at first, right? So where right. you're getting more of a return than what your time is putting in, that's a win. Um, especially at first, I haven't seen too much just total passive income, right? It takes work, yeah. right? It, it does take work to sit up and then it's leveraged over time. And that was our story, which is just finding things that you're already doing potentially, right? That you're already either interested in. And I think the internet has then opened the door to, so yeah. many, so many possibilities. And that's why if you ask me, um, what, sh- you know, if you're, if you're just starting or like, you're thinking about this, what you should do is in my opinion, you should, you should, it should be some sort of digital internet online company. They're the overhead's super small. There's tons of different product services, almost an infinite amount, whatever you're in, you could probably go and find, and you could start working on that to put in some process and protocols in place where that then now becomes a leveraged form of income for you. Well, that's it. I mean, this, the, the, the internet has just boomed the door open. And I don't, there was a book I read, I think it was by Simon Sinek. Don't quote me on that. I think it was called like, how, who, how, why, or something like that. And it talks about, you know, why people start things. And often people start it for money or they start what they're doing. But if you get down to why you're starting it, just like at the, at the very big core, then you're going to be able to follow that through. And I think, you know, if you find something that you're truly passionate about, something that you really love, then you're going to find it easier to go through the hard days and go through the struggles and go through the times where it's not succeeding. Because I think so much of the online space and so much of online business and success online is so romanticized, as you were saying before, you know, people come to my webinar, sign up for the here and within a week, you're going to be a millionaire with a jet. You know, Mm. it's, it's, it's bullshit. (laughs) Like it does take hard work, like any other business. It's a different kind of hard work. It's a different kind of routine. Like, Trying mm-hmm. to drive yourself. I don't know if you found this, but getting you don't have a boss, so getting yourself motivated, keeping yourself on the ball, and you know when you're sitting at your, your laptop, it's a bit different to a trade where you've actually got a big area you're moving around. You can see construction building. It's not as visually as um, rewarding, I suppose. But yeah. finding something that you love, sticking with that, and going at it day by day. And this brings back to something you said earlier when you were saying um, how that shift happened, but it felt like it was just instant but you can't really point out when it was i think that's the key is also people give up so quickly but just falling in love and just doing the thing day by day the little bits that you need to do and eventually it does turn into something it turns into something great and it's worth those hard days and those struggles yeah i, I agree there's a lot of good nuggets of what you said in there that i think are really key for people listening that might be thinking about hey is this me is this something i should do i think the answer to that i mean personally would be absolutely yes i think you should but you got to know some 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 truths, some realities about what you're potentially getting into. Right. And first one is, it's going to be hard work, right? So you do have to know why you're doing it. And me too, it started with just money, right? It really did start with money, but then it very quickly after that turned into, um, especially now that I have kids and those that don't have kids, maybe can't relate to this, but maybe, um, you know, forecast it out a little bit of is 
this is going to be something that that I could then turn over to them, right? This is something that can provide a legacy for them. And not just a legacy in money, but a legacy in the way that you live. For instance, like if you're if if you're able to do kind of what we've done, which is you don't have to go to work, then what you've really said is you kind of change the game and you're not beholden to the almighty dollar or almighty currency, right? You don't have to trade your time. You don't have to make some of those concessions. And once you start to get there, I think that can not just be a, a monetary legacy for your family. That can be a value system for your family, right? Yeah, that can be something totally. your family for generations can be, just the mindset shift can, can be a part of, which I think is really cool. And then the other thing I think is, you know, when you think about, um, you know, the challenges, the difference in the mindset is like, I think if you're coming from a world where you've not, not done business or an entrepreneur is you're used to two weeks in a paycheck. Yeah. And, and you don't need a lot of mental strength to handle that, right? Like, yeah. you know, you can, and a lot of people can do that, right? Two weeks, I get paid, two weeks, I get paid. But business doesn't work like that. You could go weeks, months, yeah. years, hopefully not years. I mean, there's been some, some of my enterprises years before we made any sort of significant uh, income. Yeah. And you have to have the mental toughness to go through what I like to call the, it doesn't matter zone right? That where it's flat and you don't see any results mentally and emotionally, what you're telling yourself or what you feel is nothing that I do matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I, if I work on my business today, why? Because I didn't make any money yesterday. I probably won't make any money tomorrow. I've had that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like it doesn't matter. And, and what you need to realize is that it does matter. The cumulative effort of your, in your business, it will, it will start to, to make, prove dividends, but you won't see it at first. And so getting through that, and then to the point, if it is a scalable kind of process or system that you're building, the good news about that is it also won't matter, maybe fast forward six to 12 months, how much time you're putting in, because the income will still come in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like it, it'll flip. Yeah, it'll flip. But but you got to get through the time where you're not seeing those results come in. And I think that's the hardest part for people as they start this is, and if they've never been through it before, and we all have to start somewhere, is fighting through that that period where it's, well, it seems like it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had that feeling. It's funny. One of my mentors says uh, pretty much on that, it's like, in this business or this sort of style of work, it's work, 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 pay. Work, 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 pay. Work, 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 pay. Work, work, pay, work, pay, work, pay, 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 work, pay, 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 work. But until you get to that point where you sort of reach the intermediate stage where you're basically working, getting what you believe to be equivalent pay, it's hard. It's a struggle. It's that mental thing of like, why am I doing this? I've worked for two months and got no money. Like, how am I still surviving? Why am I still pushing this? And I think that when you've got that why behind you, that's when you go, oh, that's right. Okay, I'm going to keep going. And as you said, um, it's for, for, for your children. And I think that's a little bit behind what, what my reason is as well, because I came from a great family. My mum and dad loved me heaps. They worked hard. My mum was a nurse. Dad was a lecturer, then studied law. And so I was very much taught, like, you know, work hard. They, they'd be both be working late hours. Um, they'd both be getting home at 5.30 or something. So I'd get home at school and, you know, I'd be on my own for a bit. And I loved them to bits, but I was like, I saw how hard they worked all the time just so that we would have a decent life. And I was great. I'm so grateful for them, but I'm also like, that can't be the only way. Like I want to be able to change. Like I'm turning 30 this year and I'd love to have kids and I'd love to be there for them and not have to go to work and not have to run around while they're growing up and stuff like that. And so I think that's, and I love traveling. So having to sort of, that was my first initial start, but then traveling ends. And I think the family thing for me is a very big thing. And as you're saying, not only that, but going through this process yourself, you then have the ability to teach that to your children and teach the financial yeah. literacy to your children. So it's not just for me. All the stuff I'm learning, I can pass on, and hopefully that will be passed on. And, you know, it's kind of like breaking the the, the balance for, of the financial wealth down the line because you, you do. You grow up knowing what, you, what your parents teach you. And mm-hmm. my parents taught me exactly what they thought was the best, and I'm super grateful for that. But now that the world's changing, I feel like I will – learn all this to hopefully tell my children a different story and hopefully have a different financial outcome. You know, one that has that time freedom and all that sort of stuff. I was watching this, uh, reading this thing today and it was rich dads versus poor dads and just the way they teach and the way they set up, you know, it was saying exactly the same sort of thing, but rich dads will go along and tell their kids to look at leveraged 
investment things. So things that actually start making money and producing where you don't have to work as hard. Whereas the other side is the poor families, we would call it, even though it's, I'd say the regular family for safety, you know, get the job, get something that you know is going to be proven to get you by. And it's a different way of growing up. And if you grow up the whole way knowing just to get by, then that's what you do. That's, that's how you go through life. But if you've been taught a different way, then, you know, anything's the possibility. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and there is this balance, right? When you talk about if it's, you know, uh, you know, if it's, you know, poor and rich mindset, if it's growth versus fixed mindset, yeah. right? Some of the similar nature. Yeah, if it's, um, if it's, you know, entrepreneur, you know, versus kind of a, a person who, you know, trades their time for dollars is there is there's this shift right in this mindset and and there's not really like a right or a wrong you know because i i do actually talk to quite a few people right who are kind of in this in this scenario i think if we're honest with ourselves i think a majority of people are probably feeling some sort of this this friction this frustration right especially with the global pandemic it's changing the way everybody's thinking about work it's i think it's definitely changing the way people value their 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 time or their work right you see a lot of people leaving their jobs and i think what this is coming down to like you said is is people are saying to themselves well what am i getting for this effort yeah right and and they're saying okay so i'm getting a b and c that's not good enough for me anymore and the the challenging part of that is unfortunately those those are fundamentals of the system so far yeah, right they're, yeah. they're, they may they may change over time but they're not going to change tomorrow right yeah. like those those were those expectations from employee to employer are not going to change right overnight they they may change you know as we start to understand more and shift as a society but they're not going to change in the short term and so i think as as i'm working with people and giving them advice and some coaching i i, I keep going down to is I feel your frustration. I feel your friction. You can either try to change that right within your employer or go to another job, or you can change your situation. Yeah. Right. Or you can actually say, I'm going to go down this, I'm going to go down this um, road. I'm going to, I'm going to now try this option where the agreement and the expectation are more in line with what you want, which is you want to, you want to, like you said, you want to work and work and work and work and put in and put in and put in and get sweat equity and add value so that at some point you can reap the benefits of those rewards, right? Yeah. And, that, and that is the entrepreneur journey. That is the business uh, owner journey. That's not, that's not the employee journey. The employee journey is you give and you give and you give and you give and you keep giving and you keep giving and you yeah. keep giving. Yeah. There's, that, that's not how that works, right? You don't ever get to a point where they're going to say, okay, you've given enough. Now you're done, right? Yeah. Like that. But I think that's where we all want to get to. But that's not the that's not the typical employee journey right i think that's the harsh reality people want that and they and they when they're not into it they this retirement kind of carrot is dangled out in front of them and they find out really that that's not really the end result either that they're looking for yeah it's, it's interesting because i think it, things have really shifted over the time um and i think covid has shocked a lot of people as well like it's sort of woken people up to like holy shit, my job isn't safe. Like this isn't the safety net that I thought I had. Because back in the day, like when my granddad, you know, he worked, he worked, he was a, he did law and stuff like that. So he was working really hard and then but his company would look after him when he retired. So what, the place he worked actually looked after him when he retired. And I think, you know, my grandparents, maybe a little bit before that, you work really hard in the industry, then you actually get looked after. But nowadays that same sort of reward isn't really there. You know, you're, you're we get told for retirement funds and you get advised on how to look after yourself, but it's not like it used to be. Like, I think my, my old granddad got like 75% of his wage or something once he retired or 50% or something, you know, they looked after him more and people are still so ingrained. get a job. It's safe. It's secure. And while yes, it does give you a consistent paycheck, you know, something like this happens and half the people lose their job and what, what do they ever work 20 years to, they haven't, they haven't gained anything. They've, they've kind of lost it all in, in one big swoop. And I think, for people like like you and I, the, the concept of working, you know, working without pay and working your ass off. Like if something happens, you're like, well, at least I know I've done all this and I've actually got something that I can still hold on to. You know, something that's got me as a, like a worthy cause that I've actually worked towards and I can say I've built something up and I don't have to fall back onto someone else's, you know, um, help in a sense. 
but in the old mm-hmm. way of, of working for a job, you know, you're, you're basically hoping that everything works well with your, your boss and your workplace. And then when COVID hit, everyone's like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. What the hell? What am I meant to do now? And it's just, I think it shocked a lot of people. Right. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And I think I just did a, kind of a post on our, on my Facebook page where it, where it, you know, we, the pandemic, I think the crisis, right, has, has shifted people in, in, and not of their own fault. Like, I think we're all there to, I'm just trying to get by, right? I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. Maybe um, to help. Oop, do I still have you? Oh, uh, you froze a little bit. Do you still have me? Uh, I do still have you. Yeah. It just got a little bit glitchy there. It froze oh, up. I okay. think, I think nope. you're good again now. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, where I would go, it's like the first thing I think we need to, it's a sobering exercise at first, but it's just to be real with ourselves of the reality of, you know, we, these downturns, these crises do actually happen all the time, every six, seven, eight years. And the, the, the likelihood of them happening again is good. Fairly high. <laughs> The, that said, you can do it if you're disciplined, but the success rates are actually not that high. Right. And so that's when I talk with people, like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to be negative, but I do want to be real in the sense that those aren't always great options. And if you, if you just follow them blindly, I think you're, you're going to get you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to have great things right in your future, right? You're going to get taken advantage of. So I think the things that we're talking about then are like, okay, how can we then leverage thing other better outcome? Sorry, I just glitched out again then. I don't know what's happening with my internet here. Can you say that again? That last part? Oh, sorry. No, it's all good. It's my, my yeah. Internet. So I think it was like, how do we, yeah. How do we leverage, how do we leverage other things that are available to us so that we have better outcomes? I think some of these older assumptions that you said used to be true yeah. used to be true are not true anymore. That's it. I mean, the times are changing, right? Oh, come on. Sorry, are you still there? I don't know what's happening today. Yeah, I'm yeah. still here. Oh, that's weird. I can't I tell know. if it's on. Sorry about that. I can't tell if it's you, you on my side. Uh, it's all right. As long as, long as we don't cut out, we can, we can get through. Yeah, it's it's weird. They have they really have changed, and like the whole times have changed. The internet changed everything, and now you know you've got this crypto boom coming, and it's changing so many things with NFTs and what it can be. But so many people are resilient to getting with the change, and I love Gary Vee and a lot of the stuff he talks about. And he's like, you can either fight it, or you can just get on board and try and learn it. You know, either way, it's gonna, it's kind of inevitable. It's like he was doing a, a show the other week. And I was watching and he goes, who here 15 years ago said they're never going to get a mobile phone. And, you know, like half the crowd, you know, raised their hand or whatever it was. But it's just technology just ends up consuming. And, you know, we do have these choices to either look for other alternatives and get with it and get ahead of the game or just wait until we sort of get outrun and just have to have to change against our own accord. I I agree with you. And I think, you know, you and for those of you, those of you who maybe not know the two of our backgrounds, like we're in very different spaces. Like you're, you're very much in, in a space that I don't understand very well. <laughs> and I, I, and I think it's, it's more progressive. I'm, I would say I'm more of your, I'm, I am an online business entrepreneur, but I'm in, I'm in things that are more just standard day-to-day easy people can understand. Yeah. But to your point, I think what the internet is doing and, you know, blockchain and some of these is, I think it's going to increase the individual, the individualization for people, right? It's going to promote individuals. If they can, if they can operate in those digital spaces, there's more of a benefit there, right? I think that it's going to decentralize a lot. It's going to, it's going to allow people like us who are entrepreneurs to have a better space. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what, I guess that's a roundabout way of saying, like, I don't know for the most part, if it matters what it is, but I think you have to be in that game. I think you, if you really want to start moving forward, online uh, businesses are the places to be because I think those will continue to grow. And I think individuals will continue to be rewarded for, for being there. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, but on the contrary to that, um, you know, the world doesn't need everyone to be an entrepreneur. We still need society still needs the people to do the the work that needs to be done. You know, the streets to be made, the, the all the um, utilities to be looked after, houses to be built, all those sort of stuff. So there's still plenty of space for everyone to sort of stay in their niche. But I think definitely um, more and more people who are in that, I suppose that just plateau of empty sort of void might want to look to taking what they've got and making it available online because it's definitely, definitely the way that uh, I think we're going. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, and I, and I know, I think, I think that's a good point is don't take our passion for something to say something is better or worse or right or wrong. Yeah. I think that's, that's relative, right? There, there are, there are a lot of people I think who are very happy in, in what they're doing and employ, who they're working for, what they're doing inside of their organizations. And they're hugely key. That's great. But I, I guess my my message is, but if that's not you, if that's yeah, not great, exactly, right, then then there are there's there's been no better time I think in in the history of the world for you to try to do something else on your own. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Now on that on that, let's let's go back to when you sort of made that switch. So you went from working quite a full successful business traveling around. And then you switch to being at home, working on your own. What, what were kind of the hardest things that you had to overcome or what were the, the things that you found the most interesting and not, not um, that you weren't expecting, shall I say, when you changed from that corporate life, working, you know, nine to five to trying to start something on your own? Yeah. So I think the, uh, that one on the negative side, the hardest thing was pretty easy for me. I think for me, my story was I, I was 12 to 15 years into my corporate career. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, a, I was a senior director at the time, you know, by the time we were doing it. Um, I think the hardest thing for me was getting back into a single producer mode. Because I was, I was at the time in a place where I was thinking, I was thinking strategically and critically about where the company was going, where our teams were going. I had teams of people I was leading you know, multiple teams, you know, and I could set the vision and, and hone the strategy and then have other people say, okay, let's go do this. And it wasn't just me. I had a ton of help. And I think at first that was super hard for me to go back to, because, you know, you start looking around to your right and your left, you're like, (laughs) I I guess it's just me. (laughs) It's only, you know, and so there were a lot of I, a lot of weekends and it was just me, you know, you know, my wife, you know, cause it was a family business, but I think for the largest time, it was hard for me to get back into the mindset and it started to kind of erode maybe even some of my belief. Honestly, if I could be honest with you, a little belief, hey, can I do this? Yeah. Because I had to get back into kind of that, that um, producer mode, that grinder mode, um, you know, to, to make things happen. Yeah, it's interesting. You're like, all right, team, let's go. We've got the marketing to do. We've got the networking to do. You know, we've got the building to do, the production. And you look around and you're like, that's all on me. Shit. All right. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. So back down to the grind. And, you know, some people see the, the glamour life at the end and people with their jets and doing absolutely bugger all. But as you said before, the sacrifice and going back to that, I've got to do every little bit of aspect until I've grown enough to hire someone else to do it or to diversify the, the jobs to someone else. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I can imagine when you sort of got that team to go back down to going, right, I have to do every aspect of this, yep. otherwise it's not going to get done. And I think that yep. can be quite hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard. And, and honestly, like a kind of a gut check, right? Like you start looking at that and, if, and say like, Hey, if it's supposed to be, it's up to me attitude and it tests you mentally and emotionally. And you look at that and you kind of look at yourself at the mirror and you say, okay, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Right. Do I really want to go through this again? I've got this great gig over here, right? The golden <laughs> handcuffs were real, right? Like it was, it was really good. And you start to ask yourself, you know, do I want to do this? And kind of your toughness and your grit gets called into question. Like, I'm not going to lie. There was probably hundreds, if not a thousand times when I was like, I'm, I'm going to quit. Like, this isn't worth it. Right. You and me both. Yeah. Like there are those times where you just, your your 14th hour of the day and you you have, you've realized you've been paid for two months and you're like man i could just go to the engineering office tomorrow sit at my computer and just get a fat nice paycheck the next day and it would be so nice why am i putting myself through this yep. 
but then I think it's, you know, it's the, you always want what you don't have, right? I think you'd go sit in the office for a week and by the end of the week, you'd be like, oh my God, that's why I hated it. I got to go. That's right. <laughs> I know. My wife would say the same thing. She's like, oh yeah, you do that. Like in, in a couple of weeks, you, you, you'd hate it again. And I think it's also a reminder of, and this is where I go back to some people that works out great, but for those that want something different, it doesn't, which is you realize, yeah, I can go get that paycheck in two weeks or a month. Right. So there, and you ask yourself, how much, how much value am I really giving that company in two weeks or a month? And and they're probably overpaying me. This is what I got. (laughs) Like they're probably overpaying me for those first two weeks or for the month. Right. In terms of the value that I bring in. Yeah. Um, And so they're going to overpay me in the short term, but underpay me in the long term. And then, but on our business side, we're going to get underpaid in the beginning. And then, like you said, if those things are starting to go in, in the, the compounding of our efforts happens, we're going to be overpaid in the long term, right? Versus the time that we're putting in. And I think for for those of you who that resonate with with you and me, that's what that's what they're after, right? Totally. And so it's like you have to stay the course. You have yeah. to be okay with that equation. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think lots of people find that hard to comprehend. And then also seeing that I don't know about you, but in Australia we've got massive tall poppy syndrome. You know, cut people down as soon as they get successful. It's quite it's quite brutal. But I think it's because people can't comprehend seeing the success and then seeing someone who sitting on the beach drinking you know margarita and doing three hours of work it's like well this is ridiculous they must be a bad person or blah 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 blah. when really they haven't seen the four months of grinding without a single paycheck and the suffering and the, the mindset of going what am i doing i should be quitting this you know and i think it's hard for people to make that that psychological shift from i'm willing to sacrifice this time this effort and this without anything to then later on hopefully get that overpay and it is at the end of the day it is overpay but it's really because of the underpay that you received in the earlier days yeah. yeah and and i think it's just and it's it's being overpaid but i think it's also just changing your mindset and then have an appreciation for how you deliver value right how you earn income one of the things we talked about is getting out of a place where you're earning income and get to a place where you're collecting income yeah Right. Those are, those are nuanced. They don't sound very different, but there's a big difference, right. In those, in those mentalities. Yeah. Can you, can you say that one more time? I actually like that. I'm going to write it down. So getting, switching your mindset from, you know, I'm earning income to where I'm collecting income, right? Because once you are able to do that and find a way, and there's, there's no hundred percent tried and true way. There's a millions, probably different ways, but yeah. you can find, once you can do that, you've then freed your time right? You've, you've now like disconnected you and your, the number of hours that you're working and you're putting in from the income that you're receiving. And I think, you know, those that are tuning in to, to us right now, that's what you're after totally. right? at the core. That's what you want. And I love what you said about trying to figure out how to be- best give value, because going back to that billionaire topic, I mean, so many people hate Jeff Bezos, but I'm pretty sure 90% of those people also buy off Amazon. You know, it's like, it's completely shifted how we shop and how, how we get access to things and Amazon prime, Amazon, this Amazon, that Alexa, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Jeff Bezos, all this. And it's like, yeah, but you shop at Amazon and you, you tell Alexa to book your, you know, calendar. So, you know, it's, he's given provided huge amounts of value. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And this, and this again, a mindset shift. And I know others, probably have a hard time of like how much money he makes, right? And what maybe what personal decisions he decides to do with the money he makes, right? There's people who, who are critical of that. But at the same time, if you looked at how much value he has offered the world, yeah, that's why he has those types of resources, right? Like, you know, now I can, I can sit on my phone, one click, I need, you know, maybe an adapter for my, for my monitor, right. Or my computer. And it'll show up this afternoon. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's such good value for people and it's so instantaneous, but I think people forget that. And it's like, you know, Elon Musk, who's doing crazy things in the renewable energy, but he also, if you see his stories back in the day, like he works 23 hours, like he used to but he used to sleep, he bought an office apartment when he first started and slept in it because he was working 23 hours a day and then slept on the couch while his brother would work the other time and then switch like crazy amounts of sacrifices that yep. most people couldn't even comprehend. But yep. that's why they've got this overpay and this, you know, exorbitant amount of resources now. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And and I think, and this is the other thing I tell people too, is like, if you're in pick, pick, pick something that you, that you feel like you can be successful in, pick something that you feel you're naturally interested in that gets your outcomes. But 
but business doesn't have to be that either. It doesn't, your pinnacle doesn't have to be that high, right? Your pinnacle could be, you know, I think the, I think the stat here in the U S was now it depends on where you lived, but like if, if your household income, if both of you made about $75,000 a year, so $150,000 total in a, in a dual income household, you could kind of quote, do all the things, yeah, right? right? You had a car, you, you could save for retirement. You had a nice house. You didn't worry about groceries. You didn't worry about your spending money, right? You were doing really well, right? Well, you and I both know what, how many different businesses out there can make you somewhere between 75 and $150,000 a year. Yeah. And there's so many these days. There's so many, right? There's so many. And so that's, that's kind of where we start with the people that we're talking to there is like to change, like to say, okay, um, this is not going to be easy, but it doesn't have to be complex, right? It doesn't have to be rocket science and the amount of income that, and this goes back to, I guess, around the way where you asked me, what else did you, did you kind of find out in your journey is that, yeah, the money's good, but the time freedom, the control of your time, it's, it's, yes, you can, I cannot put an amount on it. And I think that was what will keep me from ever going back to a more prototypical nine to five active income is that the freedom and control now that I have of my time, it was, it's worth it. That's the only thing I can say. It's worth anything you had to do to get it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was watching um, something this, just before this show, actually, and name's, name's slipping right now, but he was, he was made like he's 30 something retired with a hundred million dollars. And he was saying that we, we want this end goal, but really the work, the work, to actually achieve that is is the main goal. Like I think Michael Jordan said it as well. But the, the work is is the goal. The work is the dream. Knowing that you put everything you can into something, and then having that result at the end of like, yes, now I can spend my time. Like I'm choosing to work my ass off so that I have the time, and I have this, and I have that. You know, waking up in the morning and going, I'm going to give it everything, and then going to bed going, I gave it everything. You can feel yeah. good about yourself, and knowing that you're giving yourself the opportunity to live that that time freedom that you want, or do yep. the thing, all the things that you want, you know? Yep. I totally agree. And that's probably something too, that I didn't, I didn't expect going through some of this journey. And I'm still going through right. This journey, like it's definitely not over. I'm, I'm I would say I'm more on the, the infancy side yeah. of, of this really than on the, on the expert side, I would even say I'm still, I'm still learning so much. And I would say that the personal growth and development, right? Like, as you said, like who you become, the journey, the demands of it. I didn't really anticipate that growth as much as it would take and as much as would happen, but it has been probably even more valuable, right? Again, than the income we're getting, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a better, I'm a better husband because of some of these challenges that, ha- that we had to go through in life. I'm a better father because of some of these challenges. I'm a better son right, to my mom and dad yeah, because awesome. of some of these, to these challenges. Right. And I think you become like, those wouldn't have happened without the challenge of trying to do your own enterprises and the things that you're stretching for. Yeah. Um, did I ever think that those things would happen? No, not, I mean, if logically you'd say, okay, there's going to be some challenges, but did I think I would be a better person because of that choice? Not, not in a million years. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I, I totally agree. And um, what you said at the start, like, you know, did it happen? It just feels like it just happened one day, but you don't really, you know, you're sort of continuously progressing and getting better and better day by day. And then you look back and you're like, shit, I'm a different person. I've learned so much. Mm-hmm. Like this person, you know, 10 years ago would never have done this or would never have gotten to this level. And you don't realize it, but you sort of have that moment of hang on a second. There's, there's a lot more that's gone on. There's the changes that, you know, that you, the lessons that you've learned, the, the mindset that you grow, I think are all very, very powerful parts of the journey. Yep, for sure. Was, was, so was there a point, um, and we'll wrap this up in a bit, but was there a point when you were like, okay, I've shifted away from my uh, nine to five. I've now started my online thing. Now I'm successful. Now I'm actually making it. What, what, at what point did you sort of think, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a success, success, success at this? You know, that's, that's a great question. I, I think you could probably relate to this too. I don't, I think a lot of people who are, you know, striving, you know, have some, some things that they're chasing after probably never feel like they're successful. You know, they never feel like they've, they've, they've arrived. Um, I, I guess for me, it's because 
we're always thinking about, okay, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? Like, what are the things I'm, I'm, I'm always still trying to accomplish some of the things that we want to do. And I don't all the time feel successful. Actually, most of the time <laughs> it's the, the struggle of trying to become successful that you don't, you don't really feel it. Now, now that being said, I think this past year, when I was reflecting on 2021 and setting goals for 2022, looking mm-hmm. back to say, I was able to move away from my nine to five job, right? And that I was able to, to have a sustainable income so that I don't have to go back and do that. I think for, for, for a short period of time, I don't know if it was minutes or hours or maybe it was days, I did feel like, hey, I did that. Yeah. Like we accomplished that. Nice. We, nice. You know, right. And not to say that we've arrived or, you know, we don't have things to go, but it was like, you know, that was a big goal. That was something we were working really hard for. Right. And, and to buy back time. And so to be able to say, we, we checked that box, we did it right. That that's the piece where I can look back. Cause one of the bigger things that we had on the list that just, we wanted to do that I did in my reflection, that did feel really good. I felt like, yep, nice. we accomplished it. It's, it's really funny your answer. Cause it, it I, I resonate with that quite a bit um, in the sense of so often I get back into my old way of thinking and I'm like, oh no, I've got this to go. I've got this to go. I've got this to go. I'm, I'm failing. Like I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And always trying to get to this end result. And I set my goals dream. And so I'm always going to be doing that to some aspect. But one thing that I've got with this show and one thing that like my hypothesis of this show is I want to see if, um, if thinking you're successful will act as a catalyst to faster success. And so taking mm. a step back away from the old mindset that I've got and going, you know, this is probably touching on what you just said. Like you had that point of, yeah, that felt great. That was amazing. I actually did that thing. And then it probably gave you that motivation to sort of push even harder into the next thing. So for me, I'm really interested to see what people's thoughts are on that, because I think that if you can shift your mindset, and this is something I'm working on doing and being super grateful and appreciative of the little successes that you have and the, and looking back at how far you've come and the growth that you've had and being proud and truly truly happy with that and feeling as that is success, then I think mm-hmm. that will add the motivation and the inspiration and the speed to maybe grow, to, to push you to that level faster. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but this is just the thought yeah. I've got and it's just interesting to see I, different perspectives. You know, I don't, I'm not done a lot of like research or reading on this, but I think your hypothesis, I think there's a lot of validity to it. One of, one of my mentors that I listened to, he, he's kind of, he's much bigger into like that neurological, the science behind how we think and the impact that that it has on, on our actions. And, and he, and he tells me, you know, quite frequently, he's like the, you know, the biggest challenges that we have really are all self-imposed. They're all in our minds. Right. And, and so he says, and I think this is timely, like at the, be- at the beginning of the year, because we all set goals, right? Usually around the beginning of the year. And he's like, that's why most people's goals, they set the goal, they don't hit the goal, they fail. They reset the goal, they don't hit the goal, they fail. He's like, well, why? And to your point, his, his hypothesis was that because they don't actually change their identity to the person that they already need to be yeah. to hit the goal. Yeah. They, they're actually, so if the goal is here, they think that they're still here and they need to work their way up, right? Yeah. Well, his hypothesis, well, if you try to do that, what happens is your identity will always self-sabotage you. Like it'll so bring true. you back down. It'll yeah. bring you back down. It'll say, well, you're not quite there yet. Oh, you you haven't quite done those things to be successful and you'll bring it back down. He says, what's fascinating, he goes, he's like, if you flip it around, if your identity is already up here, like of somebody who's like, no, I am that person. Like, you know, let's say, um, example, maybe quit smoking. You say like, 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 I'm not a smoker. I don't do that. Then that image will actually force and pull your actions towards that, that identity, that belief. And so he, his, when we were going through a goal setting exercise and he was like, no, who, who do you need to become? in order to hit the goals for 2022 and work on that work, work on that. Right. And so maybe to put it in like this context, if you feel like you need, you need another income or you think of business, you say, I am a business owner. You may not, you may not, you may not have a business yet, but tell yourself I'm a business owner. I will, I will find a business. I'm already have a mindset of a business owner. I just don't have a business yet. 
Yeah, and it's funny because people who you've seen in the past who are millionaires and have these big businesses and then it collapses, they don't go around going, oh, I'm a homeless. They go, I'm a business owner. My business has fell through, but I'm still a business owner. I'm just going to make another one. Like it doesn't change their identity. And before you know it, they're a business owner again with another million dollar business because that's who they know they are. It's like, just as you were saying, the quitting smoking thing, I think is a really, really good analogy. And you can be someone who's trying to quit smoking but keeps failing. Or you can be a non-smoker who every now and again has a smoke and you're trying to do less of that. It's like, Correct. you know, and they're the exact same person. It's just your perspective on how you see it. You know, I can be trying to get my abs or I can just, someone who has abs probably does sit-ups every day. You're like, yeah, I, I'm someone who does sit-ups every day. So therefore I'm going to have abs. It's just a matter, matter of time. Not someone who, oh, I don't have abs yet. I don't have abs yet. Oh, you know, I don't have this. You know, it's definitely about that perspective. I think it's really, really it is. powerful to switch. It is. And I think that's the biggest thing to encourage people is like the power of your mind and the power of what you think about. I mean, I think we're one of the only creatures on the planet. I think that's what separates us that we can think about what we think about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we need to be cautious about what we're thinking about and that mindset, because so much of the time that that is what we are. Those are the seeds that we're sowing. And those seeds actually come into our reality, right? Come into our physical space. Yeah, it's crazy. I was looking, I was looking at um, listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza. I think it was him saying that you know, imagining an action has almost as much of an effect as actually doing it because of the, the, the chemicals it sends and the receptors that are getting sent through, and the muscle fibers are actually reacting in a chemical way to do the same thing. It, it's it was, it's very crazy, and I could go down that path for a long, long time because I love that stuff. But I will yeah. try and uh, try and save that one for another day. Well, it's been absolutely amazing time. I'm going to wrap it up here with a couple of my final questions. Um, my final two questions, which I like to ask everyone is number one, what would be the one thing you'd go back and tell your 17 year old self or 20 year old self in America? Mm. So my, my 17, 18 year old self, so my story back there, and this might get a little bit deep, but, um, my, I, I took myself way too seriously back to meeting. Like it was, it, it was trying to be the best. It was almost trying to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And it was, I think you know, my, what, and what it looked on the outside, right. Is, is, is a lot of drive, right. Well, on the outside looking in, you're like, wow, that he's really motivated and he's, he's driven. He wants to high achieve on the inside. What you find is, is somebody very, who didn't think very highly of himself, right. He was searching through his identity, through what he could achieve and what he could do. And, and I think what I would go back and say, and this has helped me through business is like, to keep the drive, Keep, keep the tenacity for more, but don't confuse that into any way is to your personal value. Yeah. Right. That's really good. It's so true as well. I mean, I, I'd like, I like to say like, just don't take life so seriously as well. Like there's so much time to figure out who you want to be and figure out what you want to do as well. I think yep. back in the day, well, back in the day, but when you're younger, when you're a teenager, you're, there's so much pressure to know what you want to do and know who you want to be and become that person so quickly. And there's so much from, from growing up in the, in the scenario that I did, you know, other people succeeding and you're so competitive against other people. And I think taking life not so seriously and just giving yourself a break and figuring it out, yeah. I think is and, super important. And it's, and it slowed me down and, and it, and it not just, so it's not just something, Oh, it's a nice warm and fuzzy feeling. Like it had actual real consequences in my life to the yeah. point where I couldn't tell people about some of the first enterprises that I was doing because I was so afraid of failing. I yeah. was so afraid of letting somebody see me struggle, right? And it slowed me down. It probably set me back, I don't know, maybe three years, three to five years worth of worth of growth just because I wasn't willing to share and be vulnerable and to see people fail or see other people see me fail, or at least what I thought was failing. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it wasn't, wasn't even, even true. Yeah. It wasn't even failing. It's so crazy. I think lots of teenage males or young in their twenties go through that sort of process. And it'd be great if many people could go through that faster or not even have to go through that and realize that being vulnerable, failing fast, failing hard is actually all part of the growth and it's part of the journey and don't be afraid to do it. Like if I could give any advice to anyone, be fail faster and harder, (laughs) you know, that's going to get you further ahead faster than anything else. And you're so right. I think that, that fear for me, I had the same thing. You know, I, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to fail. I, I need to be perfect. And I think there's still a, a subconscious like paradigm that I've got in there that's still got that, that I'm trying to weed out. But, you know, it starts in the conscious mind, doesn't it? Mm, yep. So number two, if you could have the answer 
to any question in the world, the complete truth, what would that question be? Oh, that one's deep. <laughs> it stumps a few bit. The complete truth. Um, wow. <laughs> you, totally hit, you totally hit me out, out of the out of the right field on this one. I told you I got a couple um, of deep questions. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I'm this, I mean, you will never know, right? We all never know until it happens. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be deep, but it kind of shows you kind of where, where my mind's at for the mo- for most time is yeah. what happens, what happens when we die? Yeah. I, I think someone else has said the same thing. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I've had that question to myself as well. It's yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like that's the question that you, other questions we might be able to figure out. I feel like that's the one that we can only be told. Yeah. Like we're, ne- we're, you know, we're, that's not something we're capable of figuring out. Yeah, it's funny. On a similar level, my, my question would be, "What's on the other side of a black hole?" That just blows my mind. But again, oh yeah, like how are we going to know? Maybe one day, maybe one day. But that would be my question. It's yeah, I yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a good question. What happens after we die? I think knowing that, I wonder if knowing that would make like like how that would affect your life if you actually knew what happened after you died. Like I think it would change everything. I think it would, I think it would for a lot of people. And I don't know if that's good, bad, or otherwise <laughs> it would just, just change. Yeah. Me either. I, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or bad thing or not, but yeah. All right, Tyler, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I've loved chatting to you. I hope some people listening have gathered a bit of an understanding of the difference between having the, the nine to five and what it is like um, on the, on the online side. And a bit of the truth behind it. It's not as glamorous as it seems sometimes. Um, but there is definitely plenty of plenty of opportunities out there. Um, and if you want something different, then just go bloody get it. <laughs> like yep. just chase it. Is there anything you want to share with anyone watching? Anything you want to plug or anything like that while we're here? No, no I, I wouldn't say too much. I think the biggest thing, right, is we're online. So like you said, if you like it, you want to connect more, Facebook's a great place to do it, I think, with both of us. Yeah. But love your energy. Just want to say thanks for and humbled to be on. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it as well. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, We'll be back next week with episode nine. But for now, I'm going to leave it there.